0: The Orlando Magic needed a get-right game, and they got it. How it was about we, not me, to defeat the Detroit Pistons and why the Magic are so far ahead of Detroit on today's episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are indeed. The Magic today is December 9th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossman I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr-omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, the Orlando Magic defeat the Detroit Pistons fairly easily. They get their get-right game how it was about we, not me, to get the job done. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But First, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning. whether that's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. This was a game the Magic desperately needed. Um, you know I think we all looked at the standings, we all looked at the schedule and understood when the Magic got drew the Detroit Pistons as part of their makeup games for the from the in-season tournament uh, or their I don't know what to call these games but they, when they drew the Detroit Pistons for this scheduled game um, we knew that the Pistons this was a game where the Magic could get themselves right and after blowout losses or relative blowout losses to the Brooklyn Nets and, and to the Cleveland Cavaliers Orlando's problems had begun to show cracks in the foundation. Um, uh, it really started to really crack, you know, really started to like show, okay, there's, there's been, this team's let go well the rope a little bit too much. And we have to get it this back. We have to get back to what we do. We have to get back to playing Magic basketball. I sat here in this chair yesterday said, I did not care by how much the Magic won this game. I did not care Um, what the final score necessarily was. What I cared about is that the Magic played Magic basketball. At the end of the day, this is what a get-right game means. And that's a little too pejorative. Every NBA team will tell me, every NBA player will say, these are all NBA teams, these are all NBA players. There are no easy nights. But let's be real. Um, the Detroit Pistons are not a good team. Um, This was about what the Magic had to do and the Magic playing their game. And if they did that, the result would take care of itself. It was about making sure that result was how the Magic want to play basketball. And that's what we saw Friday night in Orlando. That's what we saw Friday night at the Amway Center. The Magic finally looked like themselves. They finally looked like the team that... Uh, you know, finally looked like the team that uh, ran through the league through the first 20 games and and did essentially whatever they wanted. This was the definition of a get-right game. And so we have to ask ourselves, the, the more important thing is, what did it take to get there? What is this definition of Orlando Magic Basketball? The, the important thing and the important takeaway that came out of this was, okay, the Magic were without Jalen Suggs. They're still without Wendell Carter and Marco Fultz. Of course, they were without Jonathan Isaac. Jalen Suggs, though, is is as important as any player on this team. He is the heart and soul of this group. Plain and simple. Uh, and if there was concern among the Magic faithful for this game, it was, uh, okay, the Magic had been really bad defensively since Jonathan Isaac went out of the lineup. That The numbers bear that out. Um, But Jalen Suggs is something entirely different. Jalen Suggs gives this team something entirely different, something just so important. And so how do the Magic replace that? I asked Jamal Mosley that before the game, and he said, you know, it's going to be by committee. Everyone's going to have to contribute something to, to make up for that loss and to find the energy that they may not have because Suggs is out. The Magic found that energy. No doubt about it. The Magic found that energy. It started with Goga Batadze with hard rolls to the basket for dunks and and just physical play. It, It continued with them blocking four shots. And that energy, just like it does with Jalen Suggs, radiates out to everyone else. It's never just one person. It's never just one player that solves the problem for the Magic. It is, as Jamal Mosley put it after the game, it is about we. It is about we. It is about us. And this is probably the central core of everything the magic do. It isn't about one play making. A, it isn't about one player making a critical play or a key play. That's not what this is about. That's not what this team is about. It's not about. Uh, it, it's it's not about any of that. It's about everyone collectively filling in and helping each other. On defense, it's about the low man being in the right spot and players helping and spraying out and co- collapsing and, defla- and getting deflections and steals. It's about getting out in transition and moving the ball to get to get uh, open shots. As brilliant as Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner were in this game, and we're going to talk about them in here in a minute, as brilliant as they were, the best play of the night was a Caleb Houston three-pointer. It was Paolo getting the ball in the post, drawing a double team, kicking out to Joe Ingles, Ingles kicking it to Cole Anthony, Cole Anthony kicking it to the corner for Caleb Houston. In three passes, the Magic had completely destroyed the Pistons' defense. And you don't have to look very far. The Pistons Pistons looked clueless. Like, quite frankly, the Pistons looked clueless. They didn't want to put the effort in, that extra bit, that extra energy. When the Magic broke their spirit, it got broken. This team is about togetherness. It's about cheering for each other. It's about everyone doing their part. And obviously with Suggs and Isaac out of the lineup, that gave Caleb Houston a huge opportunity. That gave Chuma OKK his first real minutes of the season. And while, yeah, they didn't put up crazy numbers. Houston had six points. Uh, OKK had two. Um, they didn't put up crazy numbers, but they played fantastic defense. They did what their team asked them to do. And look, this Magic team has had to deal with injuries for a long time. It's always been next man up. It's always been, we've always had to hear those cliches. That it's always, it's always next man up. It's always someone having to step up and make a play. And this team's depth in the past has been stretched to its breaking point. And I know we're talking about a game against the Pistons where they could get away with maybe a lack of depth. I get that. But the Magic still made the plays they had to make. And the Magic did it all together. Whatever energy they lost from not having Jalen Suggs, they made up for it. And it wasn't just one guy. It was Goga Batadze. It was Paolo. It was Franz. It was Joe Ingles. It was AB. It was Anthony Black. It was Chuma Okeke. It was Caleb Houston. This is the center of who this team is. Because, look, we know this is a flawed team. They made their shots tonight. They made their shots Friday night. This is the center of who this Magic team is. It is about the collective. It is about everyone. That's what makes this Magic team great. That's what makes this Magic team tick. And that's what propels them forward. It's about we. It's about us. It's about the group as a whole that's magic basketball what we saw friday night with the ball whipping around and they they had 26 assists not they're not their best by any means they defended you know they were dominant physically they were they were the more physical team and bothered detroit and took them out of anything they tried to do that's magic basketball that's who this team is deep within its soul and that's how this team is ultimately going to define success. We'll go over the final box score here before we talk about uh, a bigger issue and that is the plate that magic's place in the pecking order. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax Experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house, house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund, guaranteed. So... Switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. The Orlando Magic defeat the Detroit Pistons, 123-91. to Like I said, very much a, a get-right game. And again, I I know no one likes to say that. Um, you know, we don't want to overlook um, any opponent or overlook any team. The Magic, if I'm not mistaken, of only one loss against teams with losing records. This Magic team, and Goga I said it after the game, actually, being able to take care of your business against these kinds of teams is a big sign of maturity and is certainly a big step in the right direction. Um, like I said, I think I said this yesterday, the Magic could play a bad, we're at the point where the Magic could play a bad game and still beat a team like the Pistons. I think the fear a lot of us had was that they would play a bad game, let the Pistons hang around and maybe get picked off because you know the last thing you want to do against a team like Detroit is give them confidence. What this Magic team did really, really well is they were very, very dialed in. They wanted to end this two-game losing streak. They were very, very dialed in. They took care of their business, plain and simple. They took care of their business, and that part is the best part of all this. Um, again, at the end of the day, all anyone's going to care about is the record, um, is the win. Did you win? Did you lose? That, that's 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 what matters in a game like this. Um, how you win matters for the long term, and again, that's that's what I was the point I was trying to drive home yesterday. Was I I didn't care how much the Magic won by. They could win by two. They could win by 12. They could win by 22. They could win by 32, as they did. What I cared about is that they played Magic basketball. And they did. Here are the final numbers for you. 91 points for Detroit. 42% shooting. 6 for 30 from beyond the arc. That's 20%. 17 for 24 from the foul line. Maybe they fouled a little bit too much, but I think fouling is just a natural part of how this team defends physically. They forced 16 turnovers for 19 points. That's actually low on the Magic's turnover scale, but... Even early in the game, when they were struggling and, and Detroit was scoring a little bit, the Magic did a really good job. I thought getting deflections, and I was like, "They're going to be fine. They're getting deflections. They're active." You know, there's some communication issues they can clean up, but they were really getting after them, and I, I really, really liked the way that they played early in the game. Um, and, and they eventually held Detroit to 23 points in the first quarter. Anyway, they finished the first quarter, I think, out of 15 to four run. Like you knew the defense was going to come around uh, eventually, and Detroit never scored more than 24 points in any quarter. They scored 24 in the third. Orlando at 35 in the third. They scored 65 points in the second half. Orlando won the paint uh, 74 to 44. 74 points in the paint. is just an insane number. I, I, I hope everyone realizes that. Um, and so the Magic, you know, the Magic held Detroit, uh, a pretty good rebounding team, to nine second chance points on eight offensive rebounds. That's That's pretty good defense, even though the Magic gave up their share of offensive rebounds. Orlando did the job. Um, and, and and did it the way that they're supposed to do it. You know, they got contributions from a lot of different players. A bunch of players stepped up offensively, but the ball moved around. They didn't turn the ball over. They won the paint. They, they got to the line a decent amount. They, they, they forced the issue. They were the aggressors, and that's what we didn't see in Brooklyn and in Cleveland. Understandably, this Magic team is significantly better at home than they are on the road. That's something that they're going to have to find a way to correct. They're going to have to find a way to make this effort travel, but they play really well at the Amway Center. They're a really tough team to beat at the Amway Center. Um, and it's it's definitely a thing now. They're 10-1 and one at the Amway Center, 10-2 and two at home because the Mexico City game counts as a home game. They are kicking butt and really confident in, in, in the home building. Let's go through some individual performances then. Um, my player of the game was Paolo Banqueiro. Um, Franz Wagner had a very good game. We'll get to him in a minute, but... Paolo is doing some real, real superstar stuff right now. 24 points in the game, 9 for 17 shooting, 6 for 7 from 3, 4 rebounds, uh, only 2 assists. So so kind of a, a, a scoring-heavy game for him. But the Magic, and especially Paolo, was really determined to score in this game. Um, you know, He was trying to play with physicality. He was trying to get to the foul line. He got a little frustrated early because he didn't get some foul calls that I think he thought he should have gotten. But... From then on, he saw Isaiah Stewart on him, or he saw whoever switched on to him, took him to the block, got to his spots, broke him down off the dribble, out-leveraged him, kept, kept him off balance, just got to his spots and was just draining jumpers, just hitting these mid-range floating jumpers, just hanging in the air. You know, As long as he squared up to the rim, it was going in, and, and he did that more often than not. Um, Paolo is not only making just some ridiculously difficult shots right now, he is just, he is deciding how he wants to score more and more. And it's, it's been impressive to watch. Um, he has taken some major, major steps uh, and they're going to go uh, subtly by because, you know, maybe he's not scoring 42 points every night, like he did Wednesday night, but this was a game where Paolo really paced the magic offensively. Um, you know, he, there were a moment there's, there's one moment particularly actually when the magic called the timeout and Paolo was upset about calling the timeout because he didn't want it to disrupt his rhythm, I think he wanted to attack the defense for the stop or for whatever play, whatever mistake he made on the other end. He is hungry. He's got that look in his eyes that he's going to score on anybody, but anybody you put in front of him, he's going. Th- he's going through a, a little bit of a stretch right now where I think a lot of teams are going to have a, have have trouble stopping him. I'm curious how Cleveland's going to change their defense up on him on Monday. But again, a really, really just great game from Paolo. You know, again, if if this game were closer, Paolo would be scoring a lot more points. Um, Franz Wagner, 27 points, 12 for 20 shooting, two for four from deep, two rebounds, three assists. Uh, just a steady drumbeat from Franz. He scored 12, I think, in the fourth quarter to make this a, take this from a 20-point game into a 30-point game, put this game away. Um, Franz said after the game that, you know, he's, Just not thinking as much. He wasn't trying as hard, you know, trying. He was thinking too much in the game against Cleveland. This game, he was just attacking downhill, using his pivot foot well, stopping and and keeping defenses off balance to create some space. This was a, you know, Franz had a bad game on Wednesday. He answered the bell in this one. And and again, just started pouring it on. His points come in bunches. He's able to get to the basket. And, you know, Detroit had no answers. Like Detroit had no answers for anyone. Orlando shot 55.1% for the game. Ah, uh, ten for twenty-six from beyond the arc. Um, they had no answers for Orlando. Orlando was just the more aggressive team and, and did such a good job. Um, Goga Matadze, though set the tone for this game. I, I think you know I used Goga in the photo for this for this game uh, for this episode. Goga Goga really set the tone for this team and, and did such an excellent job um, getting this team uh, getting this team uh, going in the right direction. Um, Goga Batadze finished with 13 points, six or seven shooting, scored 11 in the first quarter, had eight rebounds, including four offensive rebounds, added four blocks. Again, it's, it's not just that he was rolling hard to the basket and finishing at the rim and and, and just being a physical presence in the paint on offense. He set the tone defensively. He was hunting for blocks. He was, you know, just able to recover quickly on, on Detroit's bigs. Detroit's bigs are just not good. Um, just, just so active and dominant in the paint. Uh, just a really, just really, really great game. You know, again, his teammates set him up for points the scoring. When Goga Batadze scores a lot of points, that means the team is doing a lot of work. And, and Goga admits that, like, yeah, you know, I don't think I'm saying anything crazy here. When Goga scores a lot of points, that means the team is doing well. That means the team is setting him up and putting him in positions to score. So a lot to like about Goga Batadze. Um, Gary Harrison, 11 points, 4 for H, shooting 2 for 5 from deep. Good to see him get... Um, back in the starting lineup for Jalen Suggs, but it's good to see him get going a little bit offensively. He's been really good about attacking the basket this year, uh, you know, on those closeouts, you know, taking that space and getting to the rim. Uh, did that a few times. Uh, so a really solid game from Gary Harris. Um, Anthony Black at six points, 2-4 shooting off the bench, or uh, as a starter as well. Cole Anthony, 16 points, 6 for 12 shooting, 6 assists. Uh, I love... Cole Anthony's just ability to hit those those mid-range floaters is really impressive. That continues to be uh, such a big thing for him. Um, Really, really loved his game. Uh, You know, just again, just really composed, under control. Um, Sorry for those people who on Picks had him at 18. I think that was uh, a number. At least someone in front of me was saying that was a number. Um, But Cole was just really, really under control and and just just, just played at his pace and, and just kept this team moving. Um, again, not a lot of scoring off the bench for Orlando. Joe Ingles had six. Caleb Houston had six. Jet Howard two for two, one for one from deep, six points in garbage time. But you know, good to see him get out on the floor. He made some really nice plays on both ends of the floor. Made a nice pass. Made a nice basket. Got a three to go in. Really good progress from Jet Howard. The G League definitely seems to have helped him kind of get up to speed here uh, in the NBA. Uh, The Orlando Magic again defeat the Detroit Pistons, one twenty-three to ninety-one. There really isn't much to say. Like Detroit's a really bad team. Orlando's a pretty good team. Orlando took care of their business. They did not play with their food. They did not, you know, they came in focused. They were determined to end this losing streak. They were determined to get back that winning feeling. They were determined to protect the Amway Center floor. They did that. It was a get-right game. The Magic got right. They did everything they have to do. They played like themselves. And so now we got to carry that over and see what they do against a quality opponent like the Cleveland Cavaliers. I got into a little bit of discussion with, with our good pal, Khalil of Lockdown Pistons and a few Pistons fans who you know, are admittedly a little bit upset with their team, how the Magic got ahead of the Pistons. It isn't just about Paolo, folks. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. So I am loath to, to compare rebuilds and, and, and I want to make that really, really clear. I said that when the Magic were struggling behind other teams that rebuilt around the same time as Orlando uh, in the Rob Hennigan era, whether it was Philadelphia, whether it was, uh, whether it was Boston. And I often say like, look, you know, especially with Boston, the deal that they did set them up for success better than the deal Orlando made to restart themselves. Um, You know, you look at the deal the Magic made to trade Dwight Howard versus the deal they made to trade Nikola Vucevic. The trade they made to deal Nikola Vucevic absolutely set them up for success. It set them up to be this kind of team, uh, to to have this opportunity. And obviously, you got to take advantage of it. you got to make good draft picks. Drafting Franz Wagner was a coup. He's really, really freaking good. Um. So I am loath to compare rebuilds because everyone's got you know it's Dev, as our good friend Devin Kennedy used to say, everyone's got to run their own race, everyone's got to go their own path, and if you you know uh, comparison is the thief of joy. So you know I, I I you know I don't think you can always do these direct comparisons, but. Last year, the start of the season, the magic face to Detroit Pistons. Um, you know, we I, I, I hopped on with Kukalil of Locked On Pistons, and we talked at, at that at that time about our seasons and the, and the opportunities we had in front of us um, with our teams and where we thought our teams were at in, in, in their rebuild and, and what kind of is rebuilding philosophy. We did the same when I had Jackson Gatlin on with from Locked On Rockets to preview the opening night game. This year, both, both those games were against our peers, the magic's peers. You know, we're going to, we'll, we'll, talk again about this Monday be, when we talk about the Pacers and the opportunity that they've had in the in-season tournament. And I think it's really important to look at who you, your competition is going to be for the next five, six years. Yeah. Milwaukee's still going to hang around. Philadelphia is still going to hang around. You know, Miami's going to be Miami. Um, you know, Cleveland's going to be someone that we're going to have to talk, talk about. But among newcomers to the Eastern Conference playoff and maybe title picture, right now it's us in Indiana. And really, Detroit should be a team that is there with us. So what did the Magic do right that the Pistons did not? I think this is a question that Pistons fans are talking about. And, and again, I don't want that. I, I, if there are any Pistons fans that are straying in here listening um, y'all know your situation better than I do. So if I say anything wrong, I apologize. But, um, but uh, you know, I, I can definitely sense from the few Pistons fans I've interacted with that they're wondering how did a future that looks so bright look so wrong. So let me just talk about this from the Magic perspective and, and what I think the Magic have done right. And obviously there's still more work to do. So, you know, we you know, we're not in a delicate phase of this rebuild, but it's a Jenga tower too. You remove the wrong piece, the whole thing comes crumbling down. We are not so far away from everything going haywire. We just have two very good, strong foundational pieces to build that tower upon. We've said this a million times, and, and, and you know I I've, I know I've said this every time I talk about the trade market. The Magic really have only two players that matter. Respect to every player on this roster, they contribute a lot to this team. But this is about Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner. And everything the Magic do from here on out has to be to make their lives easier, to to maximize their talent and what they can do. But by the same token, the Magic entered this rebuild with Jeff, you know Jeff Weltman, when he traded Nikola Vucevic, when they hired Jamal Mosley, they entered this rebuild with a very clear vision of who they wanted to be. I've talked about this a ton, especially when when everyone was criticizing Mosley. I I sat here, and I know I said this a million times, like, guys, Jamal Mosley is not coaching this 21-win team. He's not coaching for the 22-win season. He does not care about squeezing out three more wins so that this is a 25-win team. He cares about coaching the team they're going to be. Everything the Magic have done this season to get to 15-7, and everything the Magic have done this year he laid the seeds for over the last two seasons. Mo Wagner talked about it after the Magic won their ninth straight game a week ago. He said, like, look, this win streak, this the start to the season, wasn't something we built over the last two weeks. This is something we've been building for two years. It's a vision. It's a clarity of purpose. And yeah, it's synergy between the coaching staff and the front office, that the front office is building the team the team that the coaching staff wants to coach, and the coaching staff is best suited to build the team that the front office is building. Say what you want about the whole length thing, and it is a joke that we all make. That is a vision for the future. The Magic, we're assembling the defensive pieces to be one of the best defenses in the league this year. Everything that they've done, they've been building toward. And obviously they get the stroke of luck with the number one pick. And they get a guy in Paolo Banquero who is a supreme scorer. Like he had that one move at the basket where it looked like he was about to yam all over a guy. He gets bodied, adjusts in midair while he's still hanging up there, powers through the contact and finishes. It, It was, you know, the TV broadcast does not do it justice. I'm sitting on the baseline on the opposite side of the court. I watch it happen directly in front of me all the way on the other side of the court. It felt like Paolo was hanging there for two or three seconds. It was, I I gasped. I audibly gasped to myself um, as I was watching that because that was an incredible play. And yeah, you need some luck to be really good. You need to get the right star player. And you know, We're expecting Paolo Bancaro or Franz Wagner. One of those two is going to be an all-star this year. Plain and simple. Uh, If the Magic keep winning at the rate that they're winning, one of those two players will be an all-star this season. Just full stop. If not both, because both are deserving um, at this stage of the season. We got a long way to go. But at this stage of the season, both are deserving. You need that luck. You need that superstar player to take you over the top, but... Honestly, like, even if the Magic drafted Jabari Smith, I think they'd still be pretty good. Maybe not, probably not this good, but they'd still be pretty good. And it's all about that clarity of purpose. It's all about that understanding. These are the players we have. These are the pieces we want to build around. This is how we're going to mold them into the team we want to be. And we're going to coach to be that team. The Pistons still have a really good player in Cade Cunningham, by the way. Cade Cunningham... At 21 points, 8 for 15 shooting, 2 for 6 from 3, 6 assists. He filled up the box score still. He is still a really good player. But even though he was really good in this game, it, it didn't feel like he could have an impact on winning because the rest of the team doesn't have that clarity of purpose. Because you're not sure what, this, what the Pistons are trying to do with any of their players. What kind of team are the Detroit Pistons trying to be? That is an honest question. Like that's an honest question, right? Like, like, like none of us know. And that's why they are where they are. At least the Washington Wizards have an identity. It's a bad one for the players that they have, uh, or it's a, it's a good one for the players that they have, but it's not going to lead them to wins because the players they have aren't committed to defense, but at least, you know, exactly what you're getting with that kind of a veteran team again. The Wizards probably need to rethink that strategy, but at least they have an identity. This Magic team is ahead of some of their rebuilding peers and some of the rebuilding peers that they started later then. Not just because they got the number one pick. Detroit got the number one pick too. Cade was a runaway favorite, runaway number one pick two years ago. And obviously he missed last year because of injury. I think there were expectations to make the playoffs last year that were derailed by that injury. Um, there's a little bit of impatience, and impatience kills you too in these rebuilds. Um, I, I know Monty Williams has not done a great job with this Pistons group, and, and you wonder some of his decisions and some of his evaluations of this roster, but I would urge patience. I would I would urge, okay, Troy Weaver, the Pistons GM, he needs to remake the roster into something they want to be. This is, unfortunately for Detroit, this feels like year zero again. They don't know what they want to be. They're just a collection of players and collection of talent. They don't know how to form how to form. They don't know what they want to form their team into. And unfortunately the clay is already molded a little bit. And you could tell you could tell that. They don't fit their vision, whatever that vision is. So that's what the Pistons aren't doing that the Magic have done. The Magic know who they want to be. They know what they're working towards. They've known that for two years, and this is the season where it all clicked, where it all started to come into place, where they had the belief that what they did will work, not can work, will work, because they did it last year. They've been building on this for several years now, and now it's starting to pay dividends. You know, again, Mo Wagner said it really well last week after the Magic beat the Wizards for their ninth straight win, Working without results can be very, very difficult. But if you're doing the right work, if you have the right vision, the results eventually come and they look exactly like this. You know, I Ku's a great guy. If you get a chance to listen to Locked on Pistons, he does a great job covering the pistons. I, we look, us Magic fans, we have been through the rebuild ringer. It sucks. A failed rebuild is the absolute worst thing. We've been there. We we we've sat at the lowest of the lows. We've been there. And again, to any straight Pistons fans that have come into this podcast, welcome. Jump on the Magic bandwagon. We're welcome. We we'd love to have you. Um, Magic fandom is better when the Pistons are our nemesis. So you know, I want I want Detroit to get up there. Uh, but it sucks and watching this pistons team flail around for 48 minutes was was this it, it was it was as exhilarating that the magic were able to put away a team like that as so easily playing the way that we know they're capable of playing as it was watching a, a very talented group of players and 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 uh, you know a coach who is supposedly a very good coach not really find their way but it created this stark relief that okay the magic have found their way the Magic do know who they are. And they're building on it to get better and better and better and better. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic or watching today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at Philip R underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast, and Apple Podcasts, which are tuned in him Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the phone based podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at... Oh, magic daily also be sure to check me out on threads at phil r squared and be sure to check out my patreon page as well the orlando magic hub patreon.com slash orlando magic hub for extra articles some exclusive interviews uh game tape breakdowns and plenty more check it out today at orlando magic at at the orlando magic hub that's patreon.com slash orlando magic hub and of course thank you all for your support That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. On our next episode of Locked On Magic, we'll do more rebuilding comparisons and talk about what the Indiana Pacers' trip to the in-season tournament means for the Orlando Magic, where they're at in their rebuild, their pecking order in the Eastern Conference, and how the Magic take advantage of the in-season tournament again next year to be the next big breakthrough team. We'll talk about all that on Monday. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman, right? We'll see you again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Hey, Prime members.